Welcome to the internet. Have a look around. What is a dog ear video, you ask? Good question. That's where I find a book. I go to find a dog ear. And then we we dig into the dog ear. Let's see. What book? Straw Dogs by John Gray. So John Gray, I'm pretty sure, is a British philosopher. I read this book last year. Really interesting. It's full of these, like, little essays. The subtitle of Straw Dogs is Thoughts on Humans and Other Animals. And some of the chapters include the human, the deception, the vices of morality, the unsaved, non-progress, and as it is. So John... Mr. Gray tries to take a look at humans um, outside of the humanist perspective and sometimes it gets it just gets really interesting because there's a lot of preconceived notions around how we view our role on earth. Let's go to a bookmark. This is section three of non-progress. An irony of history. One of the pioneers of robotics has written in the next century, truly expensive but capable robots will displace human labor so broadly that the average workday would have to plummet to practically zero to keep everyone employed. Hans Moravec's vision of the future may be closer than we think. New technologies are rapidly displacing human labor. The underclass of permanently unemployed is partly the result of poor education and misguided economic policies. Yet, it is time that increasing numbers are becoming economically redundant. It is no longer unthinkable that within a few generations, the majority of the population will have little to no role in the production process. Chief effect of the Industrial Revolution was to engender the working class. It did this not so much by forcing a shift from the country to towns as by enabling a massive growth in population. At the beginning of the 21st century, a new phase of industrial revolution is underway that promises to make much of the population superfluous. Today, the industrial revolution that began in the towns of northern England has become worldwide. The result is the global expansion in population we are presently witnessing. At the same time, new technologies are steadily stripping away the functions of the labor force that the industrial revolution has created. An economy whose core tasks are done by machines will value human labor only in so far as it cannot be replaced. Moravec writes, Many trends in industrialized societies lead to a future where humans are supported by machines as our ancestors were by wildlife. That, according to Jeremy Rifkin, does not mean mass unemployment. Rather, we are approaching a time when, in Moravec's words, Almost all humans work to amuse other humans. In rich countries, that time has already arrived. The old industries have been exported to the developing world. At home, new occupations have evolved, replacing those of the industrial era. Many of them satisfy needs that in the past were repressed or disguised. A thriving economy of psychotherapists, designer religions, and spiritual boutiques has sprung up. Beyond that, there's an enormous gray economy in illegal industries supplying drugs and sex. The function of this new economy, legal and illegal, is to entertain and distract a population, which, though it is busier than ever before, 
secretly suspects that it is useless. Industrialization created the working class. Now it has made the working class obsolete. Unless it is cut short by ecological collapse, it will eventually do the same to nearly everyone. So I guess I guess that's why I'm doing this YouTube thing, maybe <laughs> a little bit. Um, it seems that the, the entertainment market it just like there's so much room for it. There's so much room for it. This morning I saw this guy post on TikTok, "Why have a normal job when you can go live on the internet or live on TikTok of yourself sleeping?" and he just streams him sleeping with like LED lights around him and makes ad revenue, I guess, just from the amount of followers he's gained that will like watch him sleep. It's so weird. <laughs> it's so strange. And I mean, yeah, I mean, if, if a busy population secretly suspects that it's useless, then like he probably would feel the same way about his life if he was working another job that he didn't find meaning in. I mean, I suspect there's definitely some kind of job that he could find meaning in that he would feel more fulfilled in, unless he's truly a, a nihilist or... Um, what was the name of the guy who... Like, the, the philosopher of entertainment. Okay, Epicurious. Let me see if I can find a, like a good source for that. So now I'm quoting from The Great Conversation, 7th edition, volume 1. According to Epicurus, Pleasure is the beginning and end of the blessed life. We recognize pleasure as the first and natural good. Starting from pleasure, we accept or reject. We return to this as we judge every good thing trusting this feeling of pleasure as our guide. The Greek word translated as pleasure is hedon, and the viewpoint expressed in this preceding passage is therefore called hedonism. As we have seen, Aristotle considers the view that pleasure is the good and rejects it. He argues that something we share with lower animals cannot be distinctively human good. But Epicurus is moved. Just look about you, he says, seems to be saying. Every living thing takes pleasure as a natural good. It is clearly one thing that is good not by convention, but by its fizzies. It is the ground of what we accept and reject, of what we pursue and avoid. And if we want to judge the goodness of some course of action, we ask whether there is more pleasure than pain involved in pursuing it. It is not claim that this is the way it should be, but that this is how it is. Good and evil are measured by this standard of pleasure and pain. It is no use, Epicurus might say, to complain that this is unworthy of human beings. This is the way we are made, all of us. This fact levels things out and defeats the elitism of philosophers. Perhaps only a few are capable of the torturous dialect that leads to the vision. My apologies. I don't understand. Wasn't talking to you. <sighs> Yeah.
So maybe this young man on TikTok has this Epicurean kind of philosophy where he's thinking like, yeah, might might as well, might as well squeeze the sponge for all the fun, you know, if he can literally just make money while he sleeps. That's that's what the passive income guys really want. They they want their sleep to make them money. Now that hustle culture's out, you know. But I mean, maybe, maybe this TikTok kid's doing like something something worthwhile during his days, spending time with his family. But like, does, does his family work? Whatever. I'm not here to judge. There's more on that idea of automation. I got you. I got you. There's Andrew Yang's forward. This is on former presidential candidate Andrew Yang's uh, learnings uh, on the campaign trail and some of his ideas about important ideas. One of the reasons I am drawn to Andrew Yang is this forward thinking about imminent issues, automation, the next industrial revolution, and data laws. Andrew Yang talks about truck drivers maybe being the next mass displaced industry. And if you want to learn more about that, he's been on a ton of podcasts. Honestly, his podcast with Joe Rogan a few years ago was pretty good. He's also been, I believe, on Lex Friedman. And he has a podcast of his own, so just check that out if, if you can. That's, that's, it for, that's it for the dog year of the day. Have a good one.